0: Hey, this is Jamie from Stillmire Games, and I'm excited to share with you one of my first videos for favorite games and gaming-related products in 2022. I'm going to start off uh, these various lists. I mean, there will be a list of my favorite, uh, my favorite games of 2022, or games that I played for the first time in 2022. But today, I wanted to delve into um somewhat spoiler territory here you can see some of the stacks of games that I'll talk about here but I'm going to talk about my favorite sequels and new editions of games this is I think a a huge trend that I've seen in the game industry over the last few years to the point that almost as many games that I play well it feels like this almost as many great games that I play are sequels or new editions um instead of completely new games uh, designed from scratch and I've I think this is great. I think it's great that designers and publishers are willing to go back and revisit older games and uh, find a way to renew them and refresh them and streamline them, sometimes make them more complex uh, and uh, add new components, add new art, kind of address all the things that uh, that could make these games as good as they could possibly be. I do just just to flesh out this list a little bit. I do have two Stomeyer games that will be on this list because we happen to also have two new editions of games um, on, on this year's list. And I didn't put, I decided not to put Wingspan Asia on it. Wingspan Asia could have classified for this because it is a standalone game for one to two players. And so in some ways it is a sequel to Wingspan as a game, but it's also very much an expansion. And so I'll talk about it a little bit more when I talk about my favorite expansions of 2022. So won't be mentioning that today, but it probably could have qualified. I just figure I'll be talking about it soon in the expansion category anyway. So let's jump in to uh, the first game on this list, and it is Betrayal Legacy. So Betrayal Legacy is a legacy version of the classic game Betrayal at House on the Hill, uh, which I actually have not played the original. My only context for this game has been the legacy version of the game. So far, I have played four episodes of it. um, So I still have a lot more to explore, and I do look forward to continuing to play. I like how the game... Doesn't outstay. It's it's welcome. Uh, It's it's lasted around sixty to seventy five minutes every time we've sat down to play a game, and we even played last time under under candlelight, which is kind of a spooky spooky way to play this. We're playing with a total of four players, Um, and betrayal. The the whole hook in betrayal is that you are um, returning to this house over many years, kind of a a new your new generation returning to the house, um, and in the middle of each game or sometime during each game, a betrayal will happen, a twist will happen. And one of the players, the game will kind of shift from a cooperative game to a one versus many game with an asymmetric information element to it, where the, uh, the cooperative players, the players who are working together to defeat the betrayer, um, know some information that the betrayer does not and, and, and vice versa, the betrayer has some secret things that they're trying to do and you're trying to figure out what they're trying to do which I think is a really cool asymmetry of information. I think asymmetry of information is something I'd like to see more in games in general, and I think does it really well. And also the unlocks are fun. I don't want to spoil anything there, but we've unlocked some cool stuff that uh, that has made the experience really nice. I put it at number 10 on the list, partially because we haven't finished it and partially because it is definitely not even close to a 2022 release. I believe it was released in 2018 or 2019. Well, and I've tried to focus most of the games on this list to uh, games that I've not only played for the first time this year, but also that were released this Year or very close to this year. So that's Betrayal Legacy at number 10. At number 9, we have one of our games Between Two Cities Essential Edition. Basically, what we did for this new edition is that we combined the original Between Two Cities game in which uh, it's a, a competitive game where you are partnering, partnering temporarily with the players on your right and left to build cities with both of them. And the lower scoring of your two cities is the one that scores for you, that counts for you at the end of the game. So you're trying to balance those two. You're not, you don't want to tank one of those cities and just have one really good one. You want to balance the two so that maybe you end up scoring 58 for one city and 60 for another. and 58. Is is the score that you would represent at the table at the end of the game. So that is one of the twists in it. We combined that original core game with the expansion, the Capitals expansion, and we took two of the modules from that expansion, um, both the landscapes and the uh, the civic tiles, a new tile type, and we just incorporated them into the core game um, because we think that that's it. Kind of just made sense for the game. The game is very easy to teach and play, and the landscape mats really kind of bring each city to life on the table it's beautiful art from beth Sobel. uh the landscape mats particular the the other art is done by other artists um who also did a wonderful job but uh, those landscape mats really i think bring together the table presence and they add just a little bit of a starting asymmetry to each of those cities so yeah, we, we released a new edition this year. It sold out very quickly, a little, little faster than we even thought. And so we're, we're printing more right now. But this, this is still my game. Feel free to discount it if you uh, if don't want to count it for this list. But again, I wanted to flesh out this list uh, with a full array of 10 different games. So Between Two Cities Essential Edition is my number nine pick for this list. At number eight on the list, I have uh, Caper Europe. So this, I actually wasn't even aware of the original game, Caper. So this is another one where I have not played the original game, but I did play Caper Europe. It's a two-player game with a heist theme to it and kind of tug-of-war elements a little bit. Um, feels a little bit like tug-of-war, maybe a little bit like, uh, like area control over different parts of the board where you, you are um, playing cards, uh, you're drafting, and then you're playing cards on the table um, to execute three different heists. And I believe, I believe the number is three. And... Uh, and hopefully doing better at the heist than the other players. Um, and I also, it, as part of this, there are a bunch of different modes of play or locations that you can play. I, I believe they're based on different continents, um, but they might be different cities. It's been a little while since i played it. But I thought it was a really fun two-player game. I love tug-of-war in games. It has a nice tension to it. And I like the replayability by creating those different modes of play. There's different locations of play that have slightly different rules when you when you play them. That's so Keeper Europe, number eight. And number seven is Longshot the Dice Game. Um, Again, eventually I'll stop saying this. Yeah, this is the last one. So this is the last game on this list where I have not played the original Longshot, which I I believe is a much older game. Longshot the Dice Game is a game that scales up to, I believe, eight players. It scales up really well. I played it, I've only played it once. I want to play it again, but I've only played it once and I played it at two players And it was still really enjoyable which i think is quite a feat that a game can be just as enjoyable maybe at two players or at least enjoyable at two players and also scale up well to eight players it's a game of horse racing where you have these horses that are going around a track they only go around the track once the game definitely does not outstay its welcome and over the course of the game you are um you, you are kind of choosing on which horses to bet on you're choosing which horses to bet on and you're also ending up owning some of the horses so you don't start off the game owning any horses at all but you can end up doing that and those horses can give you special powers. Uh, and similar to a little bit like downforce, uh, when one horse moves, or when you do one thing in the game and moving, primarily moving one horse, other horses may move as well. Which I, I really like that mechanism, that even when, you, uh, when the horse that you want or when, when it, it isn't your turn, that things are happening that feel good related to you. Um, But yeah, it's been been too long since I played this game. I really, really did enjoy it at two players. I want to play it again at a higher player count, have everyone cheering at the table for these different horses that are racing around the track. And so uh, right now it's my number seven game on this list, Long Shot the Dice game. Now I'm finally getting to the the six games on this list where I have played the original game, some of them even quite a few times. And the first one on that list is Namiji, the sequel to Tokaido. Now I have heard that uh, there have been some, some big problems with... Um, with fulfillment and kind of the Kickstarter version of this game, I think I just got lucky with it. Uh, And and if I hadn't heard that, uh, I wouldn't have known it, I guess. But uh, I got the game, I think... I just, I'm a Kickstarter backer and I happened to get it in the first batch, and so I've been playing this game for quite some time and enjoying it for quite some time. I feel a little guilty saying that because I know some people are waiting on it. It's very similar to, to Tokaido, except there are different mini games in it. So the idea in this game and Tokaido is that you are moving along a one-way action selection track or one-way benefit track, one-way time track, many different ways of saying that, as far as you want up to a certain point and gaining the benefit that you land on. And the current player, the player whose turn it is, is the one who is the farthest back. The kind of the slight difference in this game is that you're moving around a circle, a circular board instead of a a one way path in Tokaido. It ends up being the same thing though, because you're not actually doing multiple loops around the circle, you're just doing one loop. But I really love the different mini games. They have two different push your luck mini games in here. One is related to fishing and one, what was the other one? Uh, I can't remember now, but there's two push-your-luck games. I love push-your-luck in games, and I like that they put more than one in there. And there's kind of a—I think the other push-your-luck game is where you actually place the fish on your mat, which is connected to the fish that you grab— um, but yeah, it just has a lot of really, really nice uh, little little mini games in it. I, I love games that have mini games, especially when you can kind of choose the mini games that you want to engage in. So if there's one that you enjoy more than others or if there're cards that incentivize you to push towards certain mini games over others, I think that's awesome. And I've really enjoyed my play of or my plays of Namiji so far. That's Namiji at number six. We're in the top five here, and I do have another one of our games—the second one of the Stomar games on this list—and that is Libertalia: Winds of Galecrest. I have a special place in my heart for Libertalia, and it was an incredible experience for me to work with Paolo Mori to bring this new edition of the game to life. In um, Libertalia: Winds of Galecrest, and in the original Libertalia, you are pirates who are uh, kind of meeting up. You're in, essentially you're, you're sending a crew member to meet up with the crew members of the other pirates. You're playing these cards simultaneously, and you were deciding how you're going to divide up some loot and bring that loot and hopefully your character back to your ship. Um, we have in, in Libertarian Winds of Yelkrest there are forty different pirates, and all players throughout the game had the same pirates. So you randomize uh, these these pirates, you pick six of them, and all players use those six same pirates. And any pirates that you don't play carry over to the next round. You play over three rounds and in the same, or not the same, but uh, six new pirates are selected and all players gain those six new pirates to their hand added to any pirates that were left over from the previous hand. When I first played this, when I first played the original Libertalia like 10 years ago, that whole thing blew my mind. The whole idea of playing simultaneously and using the exact same cards as other players, but having such... Uh, such different strategies emerge based on when you play those cards and when you think other players are going to play those cards and which cards that you hold over it's, I think it's just a brilliant game. And it was, that's why it was such a pleasure to work on it with Paolo. We added new things to the game. Like, I think an improvement on the two player mode an improvement to the, uh, we had something called reputation, which helps with the tiebreakers in the game. Um, We clarified some of the wording and added little twists to a lot of the pirates. And we added 10 new pirates, uh, there's all sorts of stuff that we added to this game, um, and I happened to just play it again. Some people brought it up at game night and wanted to play it, so I just happened to play it with uh, five players just the other night, and I still have so much fun playing Libertalia. So I hope you've had the chance to try it. I love this game, and uh, I love the new version. I love, I love the version that we made. Um, yeah, so Libertalia wins the pale crest at number five on this list. At number four, I have Clank, Catacom- Clank, Clank Catacombs. This is one of my favorite games of all time. Clank is. Um, Clank is a dungeon diving or dungeon delving deck building game where you're building a deck, you're sending the little explorer meeple down into a dungeon to collect treasures, uh, collect treasures, to collect artifacts, to fight monsters, to gain new cards in your deck that are hopefully worth some points. It's just a really satisfying, feel-good game. As I mentioned in my video about Clank Catacombs, I love the lockpick mechanism that they added to this game. The lock pick mechanism uses these little lockpick tokens to either a move, uh, like unlock doors permanently. um, So you can move more smoothly through the different passages and other players can then also move through those passages. And you can also use lockpicks to unlock doors uh not not those like um like treasure oriented doors or or treasure chest or um or or um jail cells to 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 unlock some prisoners there's all these like little little mini game type things that you can unlock with these lockpicks so you're deciding do i want to use this for movement or do i want to use it for rewards just a really really clever system the big hook in this game is the reason that maybe it isn't my or that that it is on my number one game on this list, and that I also want to give it more plays. The hook in the game is that instead of using a board, it uses randomized tiles, which feels really neat. You're venturing out into the unknown, and then you're orienting the tile as you wish. You can see, here's an example here, orienting the tile as you wish. And and in the first play, I was so excited about that mechanism. It didn't quite pan out quite as... Well, as I hope, like it kind of made for a very chaotic dungeon that was very difficult to plan for, not just as you delve into it, but also as you want to get out. And most of us died in that first play. So I want to play it again and play it better. I think certainly a certain amount of accountability is on me there to play it better and have a better experience, Uh, choose to have a better experience. Um, but it also really, I mean, it made me really, really appreciate the original designs of the boards and how well-constructed they are and how they let you plan ahead for the paths and how there's still uncertainty on when you move back. Which path do you want to take as you move back and try to run out of the dungeon? Um, but I still really enjoy the game. I'm really excited to get, get back to the table and see how I feel about it the second time and see how other players feel about it. Clank Categorium is my number three favorite, uh, my number four favorite, sorry, not three, my number four favorite um, sequel slash new edition Of uh, of an existing game in 2022. Number three, big box here, The Castles of Madkin Ludwig Collector's Edition. I've been waiting for this one for a long time. I love castles. I've actually never owned it, but uh, but I love this game. This is a game about building a castle. Uh, You're going to use these oddly shaped tiles and piece them together and you gain rewards when you do so. You gain rewards when you place a tile and also you gain rewards when you close off all the doors of any given tile. So it often means when you're playing a tile, you're gaining two rewards, two types of rewards, and that feels really good. Each of the rooms is a different type of reward that you get when you complete it. Um, This game is kind of, it's the original game, but easier to get to the table, I think. Uh, because of the different inserts available in the game, it also looks better. I think on the table, the art is redone and is really really beautiful in this game and it's just it has a beautiful table table presence and also has a new mechanism. In it. They added something called towers that feel really good as well uh, it's been a little while since I played it, but I believe how towers work is that you'll uh, place the tower in your castle and there's actually these big miniatures that go on the tower, and when you get the tower, you get a secret goal that is scored for all players at the end of the game it's one of those goals that, say, that says like whoever has the most square rooms gets a special bonus at the end of the game but only you know that secret so you can hide it under your tower and you only reveal it to the other players at the end of the game um, hopefully i'm remembering that correctly but yeah i love castles and this is just more and better castles of and ludwig so i love the game it's my number three on the list this year And if it's that good, you know that the top two games are really, really good. Number two really caught me off guard, and it's not a game that I own, but it's Terra Nova. Terra Nova is my number two game in this list, and it it surprised me because I love and know Terra Mystica so well, and that's the game that this is, the. it's kind of a streamlined sequel to Terra Mystica. Again, I love and know Terra Mystica so well, and so I wasn't actually really all that interested in Terra Nova when I heard it was coming out. I was like, okay, that's cool, but... I have Terra Mystica, I'll, I'll just play that. But having played Terra Nova, I really, really like it. I, I, I don't think I would choose it over Terra Mystica if I had the time and if I was playing with people who already knew it. But Terra Nova can definitely be played in around 60 to 75 minutes. So it is a medium weight game instead of a heavy game. It's easier to teach. It doesn't take quite as much brain power, but it's still you're still making tons of interesting choices throughout the game. And it's just good. I mean, they, they they cut some things that I liked and they cut some things that I, I didn't dislike, but just that I don't miss. Um, like they cut the cult tracks. I found that I don't miss that as much. Uh, there's there's fewer ways to like extend your round. And I found that to be okay. I still had a really, really good time playing this. And twice now, I've, I've already gotten back to the table, even though I just played it for the first time a few weeks ago. So yeah, Terra Nova also has the asymmetry that I loved about, about Terra Mystica and the whole thing where you're removing things from your player mat, making your player mat better, making your income better. It's just really good. They did a really, really good job with it. I love Terra Nova. It was very tough to pick between that and my number one game on this list. But uh, yeah, Terra, Terra Nova at number two on my, my favorite sequel editions, new editions of 2022. But my number one game, definitely surprised surprise to me, actually, uh, yeah, oh, good, no spoilers here. But my number one sequel is Marvel Dice Throne. This was a huge surprise to me because my primary gaming partner, my especially for two-player games and campaign games, which this is not. This is a two-player... Well, this game plays at many player counts. Primarily plays, it at two, it play, plays at two. But my primary gaming partner at two players is Megan. And Megan didn't really love uh, the original version of, of Dice Throne. We don't even really know why that is uh, because this is essentially just more Dice Throne with different characters. But we had a blast playing this together. And it was just... It was a lot of fun for me as someone in a relationship with Megan to see her have so much fun with it. And I think that made me have even more fun with it. And also, I love Marvel, and I love—I already love the Dice Throne system. This is a game that is basically Yahtzee with a lot of stuff added to it, where on your turn, you are attacking the other player. You, you have your own unique character. You're attacking the other player and rolling and re-rolling dice in the hopes of having a really great combination um, and you, you, kind of, you choose one different ability to activate those dice. So you, you, if you have a straight, then you would choose a, a straight ability um, to, to attack your opponent and hopefully deal a bunch of damage and hopefully activate some of your cool asymmetric abilities. I think the Marvel theme is really well done here. We really felt like we were playing these different Marvel characters. And uh, the way we played this game is that we had a little round robin tournament. So we we pitted, so there are eight, eight characters in this big box, this Kickstarter version, and we pitted uh, uh, two different characters against each other in a little mini bracket. And then we had those characters advance. and we didn't always play the same characters. So like I played Loki in the first round and I won, and then I didn't win another game. Um, ever. Megan won all the other games and I still had a blast. And I think Megan played Loki much later and played Loki in a slightly, in pretty much the same, well, similar way. It's the same character, but, uh, but it was neat seeing like, you know, I played Loki, but I wasn't attached to her. She played or attached to him. Megan played Loki just a yeah, it's just really, really well done. Especially if you like Dice Throne. Um, if you have a partner that enjoys this dueling style of game or who loves Marvel, uh, and I just, I will always remember doing that little eight tournament, even if I don't play it again, I, I think I will, I've, I've held on to it because I think I we will play it again in the future, but even if I don't play it again, it felt like we had our own little mini campaign experience with that, that, that eight character bracket. And, uh, that might be one of my fondest gaming memories of 2022. So yeah, that's why it's my number one favorite sequel or new edition of a game in 2022 i'd love to hear what this is for you there are even more games even more sequels and new editions and again this is not my favorite game list of 2022 this is my favorite sequel and new edition list so let me know in the comments what what did i miss that you have played new sequels new editions um that you've enjoyed in this year and uh and uh, yeah if there, if anything i missed or anything that i covered that you really enjoyed as well let me know what you love about them in the comments below. Thanks.